This episode of The Startup Life is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Startup Nation, Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, they work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. They deliver lasting results for millions of children, including those hardest to reach. They do whatever it takes for children every day and in times of crisis, transforming their lives and the future we share. Startup Nation, right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis in our lifetime. It threatens children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school, and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, we can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Here are some ways your support can make a difference. For just $5, you can buy a baby's first book, providing comfort and inspiring lifelong learning. And for $25, you can serve a nutritious breakfast and lunch to five out-of-school children in need. And there's many other ways you can help support Startup Nation. So go to savethechildren.org slash savekids or www.savethechildren.org forward slash savekids. So if you're ready to make a difference, Startup Nation, remember, savethechildren.org. Make the change for children. This episode of The Startup Life is tucked in nice and tight by Philip Stein and the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. Startup Nation, getting quality sleep is super important, especially for those of us as entrepreneurs. I know for me, if I don't get enough quality sleep, not only do I not perform well while working in my business or exercising, but also it really affects my mental health and that doubt starts to creep in. And that's the last thing we want as entrepreneurs. Also, with everything going on, good quality sleep is important to repair the body and support a good immune system. And that is why Startup Nation, I wear the Philips Stein Sleep Bracelet. The Philips Stein Sleep Bracelet uses natural frequency technology to reinforce our biomagnetic field to improve deep sleep, length of sleep, and overall sleep quality. This helps produce a healthier heart, regulate weight control, and helps strengthen the immune system, which helps destroy bacteria and viruses. Right now, when you go to philipstein.com, use code SLEEPEZ, and you will get 10% off the entire store. That's promo code SLEEP, capital E, capital Z. So if you are ready to be more productive in leading your business, go with the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet, proven to be natural and safe to give you a better, deeper sleep. Payoff.com sponsors this episode of The Startup Life. Startup Nation, you've tried balance transfers and budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt. And that's what a payoff loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards. With rates as low as 5.99% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000 with no hidden fees and personal customer service support from payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a payoff loan may also include a personal credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. Go to payoff.com forward slash the startup life to learn more. Checking loan rates won't affect your credit score. And if you listen to the replay on the podcast, the link is there in the show notes. Try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Now all applicants may qualify. 
Loans only available within the United States. Loan is not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com forward slash the startup life. It's time to be about that life. The startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to see some value today. We got a big-time guest in the building today. We got Kelly Glover, of CEO of the Talent Squad. How's it going, KG? It is going so good. How are you, Dominic? I cannot complain, ma'am. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Yes. All righty, let's do it. As always, Startup Nation, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, KG, let's set this party off right. Tell us about your origin story and your path to entrepreneurship. Okay, so my origin story starts in Australia. You might be able to tell from the accent. Just a little bit. I (laughs) I am Australian, but... What you don't know is that I actually went to college in Ohio. So behind okay. the accent, I'm a bobcat. Okay. Um, I ended up interning in Los Angeles for Miramax Film Company, mm-hmm. was a celebrity entertainment reporter, talent agent, got into broadcast radio and hosted a syndicated love song dedication show and finally landed in podcasting. And now I run the Talent Squad, which is a podcast guest booking agency. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're definitely going to dive into the talent squad for sure in this episode. So I want to ask you this because you talked about uh, working for Miramax and stuff like that. One of my favorite Miramax films is Pulp Fiction, but we're not going to get it. Oh, for real? Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I ended up going there. I kept seeing the title on the front of films back in the 90s. And I'm like, I want to work for this company. I want to work for this company. I want to work for this company. And so, yeah. Okay, cool deal, cool deal. So I want to ask you this before we move on. Tell us a little bit because we always we always hear things about Hollywood and stuff like that. What are the one of those one or two things about Hollywood that people really don't know or don't realize? It is a business. Is it? It is a machine. You can mm. lot. You can learn a lot from inside the structure of the machine, gotcha. and people see the glitz and glamour, and that's what it is as the package. But at the end of the day. It is a product. So we enjoy the product of entertainment, but make right. no mistake, it is the business of show. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you talked about being you know, a celebrity reporter and interview and things of that nature. Kind of talk about how you prepare for those interviews and talking to those celebrities about their project or their uh, adventures or initiatives and things of that nature. Kind of talk about that process a little bit, if you would. Yeah. So preparing for a celebrity interview is a little bit different than preparing for, say, a podcast interview, which is what we do with our clients and what we're doing now. And the reason is, again, it was a little bit of a different era. And that's because a celebrity is doing, if they're doing a movie premiere, a roundtable, a one-on-one, a a press junket, a press conference, they are there to sell the movie and they have a team behind them telling them what they can say, what they can't say. And they may do 50 interviews in one day. And those 50 interviews can be anywhere from 60 seconds if you're grabbing someone on a red carpet to right. 15 minutes or if it's a one-on-one, it could be 20 minutes if, if it's a deep interview. So they are not uh, – so what you need to do as an interviewer is we call it breaking the tape. 
And the reason for that is they are answering the same questions all day, every day. They're talking in sound bites. They're talking about the same thing. But as an interviewer, you want to get something different. Otherwise, you're taking back um, or writing a story with the same quote that everyone else has. And that's not news. That's not a story. That's not something you can separate. So your goal is to do your research on the person. So you're not asking, oh, what was it like working with The Rock? Or what funny thing happened on the set? Or what do you think about the plot? Or you know what I mean? Like they're boring questions you can ask anyone anytime, any day. And and all they're going to do is press play in their mind and they're going to spit out the same answer they've given to 50 people before you. So you have to figure out how to ask a question to that person that is going to get a different response. And if they like you and like the question, they're going to spend more time with you and they're going to give you something special. So you need to figure out what it is that will break the tape. And you'd be surprised how many people, I'm talking Oscar winners, that would say, wow, you've really done your research. And even their voice will go up, their demeanor will change because they don't get that so often where someone will take the time to really look deeper and ask beyond, you know, so what was it like sitting in makeup for six hours? For sure. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Well, we That's one of the things we really do talk about here on the Startup Life about that show prep or that interview prep, as you put it. So I definitely wanted to see how it works from the Hollywood side, you know, uh, compared to the podcasting side. So thank you for sharing that value for sure. Yeah. And I think the concept of breaking the tape mm-hmm. actually can be used in anything. Absolutely. When you're talking to somebody at a conference, when you're on a podcasting interview, when you're going for venture capital, when you're having a, when you're pitching a proposal, receiving a, you can apply that breaking the tape concept to anything because people are people. And it doesn't matter if you're Chris Hemsworth or whomever, if you find something different, they're going to instantly like you because they know that you know that they're a real person and not just a machine for sure for sure thank you for sharing that so i want to ask you about this because you're you know the founder and ceo of the talent squad where you help you know uh get authors and entrepreneurs out there on the podcasting circuit so i want to ask you this you know what makes for a great podcast what's the anatomy of a great podcast in your opinion Oh, a great podcast. Well, it's any number of things. And I listen to all kinds of podcasts, as Mm -hmm. I'm sure we do. Like right now, what is it? 197 million Americans, 51% of America have listened to a podcast. So it's in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, What I I think it's it's what it used to be in driveway, in radio called driveway listening. If the show is so interesting that I don't want to stop listening to it, or get out of the car, which podcasting is portable, you can these days. Right. But if I want to keep listening to it and don't want to turn it off and wanting to keep binging, that's a good show. Mm. So obviously you want good audio, you want the host to be interested, you want it not to go on and be as interesting as possible for the duration of the show. And some people can do that for two hours, others can do it for 10 minutes. So it's running the quality of the show as it is to you, as opposed to sticking to the rules of what others say is great. Mm, Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So definitely finding your voice and sticking to that. And if it really, and you definitely wanted to lead to that driveway listening, as you say, so I appreciate you sharing that for sure. So I want to ask you this because you have quite the resume when it comes to radio podcasting and everything else in between, because you were actually, uh, were Mamma Mia's first senior producer when Mamma Mia Startup Nation uh, is the world's number one podcast network for women. 
uh, and you've actually done uh, award-winning work uh, there in Australia, having a, a branded podcast, winning an award and things of that nature. I guess, you know, talk about the producing side of, of podcasting, like finding the right talent and coaching that talent. Kind of share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I produced, I think it was eight podcasts for Mamma Mia. The one you're talking about was called right. Hello Bump, and that was mm-hmm. a 12-episode series for one of the four big banks here in Australia. So the US equivalent would be like a Chase Bank or something like that. That was a yeah. mid-six-figure podcast. So um, to win an award for that was pretty awesome. And what you do as a producer is they come to you with a brief and say, okay, we want you to make a 12-episode series um, from conception to birth, go at it. So from that point, it really is from concept to completion. So mm. you've got to say, okay, what is in each episode? What is the structure of the episode? Who are the hosts? What are they like? They need to script the hosts. You need to go out and get interviews. So you need to find people to interview. You need to pre-interview them. You need to figure out what episode they're going on. You need to schedule them. So we recorded that. It was over two days, but I think they were... They were maybe eight-hour days, 10-hour days, back-to-back and pumped out 12 episodes plus vox pops of maybe 50 people we got on the phone to get quote. So it's quite the process. Um, So you need to prepare your on-air talent. In the case of the talent that I was working with, they were professionals, so that was easy. But we also had a voiceover artist that did um, some segments within the show that was an ongoing serial. And then you've got the people that are calling down the line on the phone they're a different kind of talent to the expert talent that comes into the studio or does remote. So when you're talking about preparing talent, there's radio talent, in-house talent, expert talent, and regular listener talent. And everybody needs to be treated in a different way because their expertise and use within the show is different. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Did you ever have to kind of manage egos between in-house talent and expert talent and things of that nature from time to time? Oh, absolutely. All the time. And that's part of the game. (laughs) Right. People coming from radio uh, walk out on air all the time, get fired all the time. And it's hard giving feedback to somebody because it is so personal. It's you, your personality and your voice. So as a producer, giving feedback to someone to change their performance or do something a bit differently as what they're thinking is right is not necessarily the nicest thing to receive. Mm. So you sometimes have to, it, it's a bit of a hard pill to swallow, but the resu- you're there for the show and the audience. So it's just something that you have, you have to do. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate all of that because uh, I'm always fascinated, you know, uh, with producers, whether it be podcasting or uh, movies or radio and stuff like that, because it seems like there's so it's such an involved type of uh, role that you have because you have to manage this and you have to manage that and you have to make sure there's funding for it and all that great stuff. So I appreciate you sharing kind of behind the curtain scenes, if you will, uh, Kelly, for sure. Yeah. So you know what the end result needs to be. And as Mm -hmm. a producer, it's your job to extract that because you know what's going in every episode and all the people you're dealing with don't necessarily know the full series arc or even the episode arc. So you will be Um, guiding them at some points to get them to say, or you need them to go in a certain direction because it needs to fit with the piece of the Tetris puzzle. So it really is getting to the point. So when I'm talking about doing those 
interviews with people. I could do a 20-minute interview and it might end up being a seven-second soundbite or it could take me, if it's a regular listener telling a birth story, to get to the point of them telling me um, after 20 minutes that they actually stole their placenta from the hospital in an ice cream container and then put it in the freezer. Mm. Like that doesn't come in the first 30 seconds of conversation. So that might take me half an hour to find that story and get it and then turn it into a seven-second soundbite. Or, and then that person, I might bring them on the show. And if I do bring them on the show, well, I need to prep them to go on live with the two hosts to make sure they bring it during that seven minute segment. So that's preparing them for that. And um, it's also preparing the host, but not to the point where they know what's happening. So they're a bit surprised. So we get that authentic reaction on air. So it is a lot of um, crafting the story in advance while still letting the people bring bring their best and have an authentic on-air element. For sure, for sure. Definitely a balancing act, it sounds like, for sure. So I want to ask you this, because look, in this day and age of podcasting and, and, and being an author and writing books and things of that nature, everybody wants to be an influencer or thought leaders, if you will. And I know you have a piece on your uh, website, the talent, you know, talentsquad.com. There's a link, Startup Nation, uh, in the show notes for easy access to check out that website. You have a blog piece that talks about the three types of thought leaders. Kind of share with us a little bit about those three types of, of thought leaders and what inspired that piece. I'm kind of fascinated to hear about that. Yeah, so the three types of thought leadership um, was inspired by everyone saying they are a thought leader, but you aren't, I, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. Mm. So, and there are types of thought leaders. Do you have a specific one that you want to talk about? Um, I guess I was curious about the uh, the third one, where it's kind of like a, a balance between a person who's experienced, but also has that those data and the facts to kind of back up, you know, what they're uh, what they're you know uh, talking about. Yeah. So if you're a thought leader and you're going out there saying this is something new, sometimes you have to go against the grain right. and, but you also have to prove it. So you can't just say something without having the data to back it up oh, and yeah. put, putting your hat in the ring and saying, I think this, but you know what? I think this is going to happen and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's important in this day and age where we, we have a lot of information and content out there that uh, often has been deemed later on as credible, but before that, no, I mean, not credible. And before that happens, uh, there's been a bit of damage that's kind of been done because people have taken this piece of information and kind of ran with it. And so that's kind of why I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. So with the thought leadership on the data driving aspect, Mm -hmm. what it is, is that you um, can also create your own data and say, I've done this research and this is what I found it. Obviously the research has to be with more people than your next door neighbor and your mom. You know what I mean? So people will come out and say, I've done this with this many people and this is what I found. So it's your own proprietary data and you can put it out there in a press release and or blog post and say at the talent squad, we interviewed a thousand people and this is what we found and then that makes your own content and your own little case study the other part of being um, a thought leader is that you can be a visionary so that's what nobody else is talking about but should be so if everyone's saying the same thing that doesn't necessarily make you a thought leader 
you can be a leader in your field, but if you're not saying something original, you're out the front and you're getting there in there before everybody else, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a thought leader. It can mean that you're an expert. So it's often about being a futurist and making bold predictions and going against the grain. And um, they're always in front of the industry trends. So if the guys, it'll be the people that invested in what Uber, they'd be the first round of investors as opposed to, or podcasting back in, you know, like 2004 before I even, I even knew that it was invented or a thing. So those are the people that are in there first and they find the gap on what no one will do, what I will. So, and like the Airbnb guys, right? Mm. So there's that. And then there's the news jacker. And those are the people as a thought leader that will comment on news trends as they happen. So you'll see the people in the news on the podcasts. Um, so they are the people that call get called to comment because they are the visionary and they are the data driver. So the ones that you're talking about are the visionary, the news jacker and the data drive, the data drivers. So often people will say, I'm a thought leader, but really they're an expert in their field and that's fine. Like right. I'm not a thought leader. I don't come out with data and I'm not investing in the first round of Uber. You know, I might be a second or third generation in finding out about things, but I'm certainly not inventing it. And it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. And, and, and I'm, you know, and, and one of the things I hear you talk about when you talk about being a thought leader and being able to go against the grain and stuff like that, it, there's a certain level of risk involved uh, because it can kind of hurt your credibility because, you know, if, you know, a lot of times when we, we put ourselves out there and whatever we say is about to happen doesn't happen, people are like, oh, well, you got it wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, you know, which not necessarily didn't mean they don't know what they're talking about. It's just probably either. Uh, not the right time or a little bit ahead of their time or, or things of that nature. So uh, I definitely appreciate all of that you just shared with us, Kelly, for sure. Yeah, people don't get it right all the time and it right. is risky being a thought leader. That's why there's few, actually few real thought leaders and it's not everybody. Right. Um, but, you know, there's a job for everybody doing everything. There's a for place sure. for everything and that's fine. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. One more uh, piece of content I wanted to ask you about from the blog was about publicity for authors. And uh, I imagine you probably go through this all the time, but when you start, you start off the piece talking about the original author's goal was to sell books, but the actual author goal is to kind of sell themselves. When you have those clients there, the talent squad, kind of talk about shifting their mindset from selling their books to selling themselves more. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And mm-hmm. it's um, because you've written the book, you might have taken years to write that book. It's got everything in there. There's so much information. So you think, okay, I need to go on a podcast book tour or any kind of publicity PR campaign for your book. Right. But actually, if as a publicist, if I go to market and say, hey, I've got someone that wants to come on and talk about XYZ book, they don't care. They care about the content of the book that is solving problems for their audience and the author as the person who is sharing that message. It's not about the book. The book is evidence of your expertise and um, ability to solve the problem. So it's the, I mean, essentially you are still promoting the book, don't get me wrong, and it is a book tour, but it's just like you said, it's changing the mindset and the approach and going in in a different way. Um, Because if you say, hey, I'm here to sell my, I'm here about my book, blah, 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 so what? But if it's, you've got this problem and this is what I see happening and this is the solution and you can show your value and 
the person is going to see you as an expert in your field. And by the way, I've got a book about it because we know that there's multiple, multiple, multiple touch points for someone to buy something from you. What it's probably going to do is expedite, well, it will, it'll expedite the know, like, and trust factor, get them into your ecosystem. So they might not buy the book the next day from seeing you or on TV, hearing your podcast. They, people buy from people that they like that have solutions to their problems. So it is the first entry point. And the way I invite you and other authors um, to think about it is if you saw someone for the first time, or heard them for the first time, are you likely to go out there and pay $16.95 for a book? Or are you going to be like, okay, yeah, let me find out more on your Facebook. Let me find out more on your Instagram. Let me read a few blog posts. Appreciate all of that uh, for sure. I want to ask you this. Let's, let's kind of talk about the business of podcasting just a little bit if we could, because I know you started your first podcast in 2007. And for many of us in the podcasting world, this was a time in 2007 when we talk about podcasts where your next door neighbor told you they was recording some stuff in their garage. And you just thought, oh, that's kind of cool, whatever, right? But now we're seeing podcasts where we have like, you know, uh, companies and big name celebrities with multi-million dollar studios recording in. When you think about podcasting, you know, 2007 and then fast forward 12 years later to now, did you ever see podcasting heading in this direction? No. (laughs) One word, no. (laughs) I had no idea. So in 2007, I got into it because I was starting out in community radio. Mm -hmm. And what we did, and at the time, I think many cases, was that it was your radio show. You take out the commercials and you take out um, the music. So Mm -hmm. it was a truncated radio show and it was so complicated. It was like six pages of instructions and good luck if it actually worked and it would take hours to upload. It was a nightmare. Um, And that that was the beginning of it. Now you have a platform like Libsyn, you record a file, upload a file, attach it, you're done. You've got a podcast, guess what? It's now live. It's right. amazing. And um, having been a, on a radio announcer, I know that people were laughing at me saying, this chick's going into podcasting, she's mad. It, it's so amateur. And my, the tables have turned in the last few years and Absolutely. it's so amazing at all the niche shows and the big shows and the on-demand and it, it is even in the last two years. So I got in early producing and then started booking, I think in about 2014 and then opened up my own agency in 2017. And so I've been to maybe four podcast movements, which is the annual podcasting conference. Right, down in Florida, correct? uh, Oh, it moves every year. So in in 2020, it's in Dallas. In 2019, it was in Orlando. Right. Um, Yes, it it moves around. And just the people that I've seen come through the door in the last four years have changed Mm. and the vendors have, everything is changing so quick and we've reached tipping point. Like I said, 51% of Americans have listened to a podcast, 70% know what a podcast is. And I think it's something like 66 million listen to a podcast every week. So those numbers are huge. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing that. But it, yeah, it used to be your next door neighbor under a blanket, some old guy, and you think he'd be talking about transformers. Absolutely. That's what you thought it was, like right. a ham radio version. Right. And now you've got uh, like Reese Witherspoon or ever, all these different people have right. um, Shaq. You know, everyone has a podcast now. Shaq, T.I., the, the two ladies from The Office just started a podcast and it's it took off 
like gangbusters. So yeah, I, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. You know, let, let me ask you this because you know there's many articles about podcasting and and one one of the things that I often hear people talking about is where is the state of podcasting? Some people say we've just scratched the surface. Some people say we're in the golden era. And some people, Kelly, say that like we're getting close to a bo- a podcast bubble that's about to burst. So where do you see this craft, this industry of podcasting heading in the next couple of years? I think there's a couple of ways to think about this, to think okay. about it as an industry and also sure. to think about it as a medium. Mm-hmm. People are thinking there's a podcast that equals audience, that equals downloads, but it's actually much bigger than that. If you think about the on-demand portable audio listening Think about it as well as internal podcasts for corporations. Mm. So I often think of I'll be driving along and I'll see a UPS van and think, okay, well, all those employees are on the road. They're all across America. And what if there was a consistent training where those people could listen to everything and they could get the CEO in their ears for 10 minutes a week? That would be game changing. Right. Um, So I think that podcast as a medium is going to be applied in different ways for you know, so for human human resources, training, education. Um, so I think that it'll be used in that way. Yeah, it's getting, I think the gap is widening from amateur to celebrity and we're seeing money come in and it was branded podcasts that were big and now it's celebrity and everyone's talking about the Netflix of podcasting. Right. So do I know? I'm Like I said, I'm not the thought leader. I'm not the futurist. I don't know when it's a guess at this point, Mm -hmm. but to think an industry is in the golden era when it's just kicked off is pretty crazy to me. Um, Imagine when radio first happened or TV or any other medium, if a few years in they're like, oh, this is the golden era. Well, you have no concept of what that's going to be in 10 years. When they started TV, they had no idea that it was going to turn into streaming and Netflix. They didn't even know it was going to be color TV. Right. So how can you project something where, and for podcasting, for an example, when I went to university, podcast wasn't invented. Facebook wasn't invented. No one had a mobile phone. No one had the maps on their phone. So to project something that has yet to be invented is, I can't fathom it. For sure. I would definitely have to agree with, agree with you, KG, for sure. I'm optimistic. Right. And, right. and so what, and so what you can still use it for your own benefit. So my question to you is, if something like that does happen, is that going to sh- change your show? No, you're still going to push out your show because it's awesome and it's valuable to your audience. So, Dominic, what what does it matter if you're doing what you're doing and you're giving value and people are enjoying it? For sure, for sure. And, and that's definitely how I see it. You know, a, a lot of people say that they love podcasts and they say that they love our show. And, and honestly, that's kind of why we do it. That's definitely why we do it. So I appreciate you sharing all of that for sure. So I want to ask you this before we go to break. What does your average day look like from sunup to sundown? Be as specific as possible. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm up well before the sun gets up. I My okay. alarm goes off at 3.30, but I'm one of those people that wake up before the alarm goes off. Gotcha. And I'm out the door mm, usually at 4.00. And I get a coffee from the 7-Eleven on the way in, if you want to be hugely specific. <laughs> and then I come into the office and record a few podcasts. I like doing it quite early. I'm in Sydney at the moment. Gotcha. Um, I go to Australia for the summertime. I skip out of the US winter and okay. then I go back in February. So I spend, I live a remote life and then I work till about two o'clock 
doing all the things. And then when my brain switches off and I start, I call it getting drunk speak, my, I start noticing I get tired and my start slowing down on my speech because I'm quite high energy. Gotcha. I think, okay, time for a rest. Let's move on. And then I'm in, be- I'm in bed quite early at about nine o'clock. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on Startup Life so far? Oh my gosh. Startup Nation, you're amazing. Dominic, you are amazing. I'm loving it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Startup Nation. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. This episode of The Startup Life is tucked in nice and tight by Philip Stein and the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. Startup Nation, getting quality sleep is super important, especially for those of us as entrepreneurs. I know for me, if I don't get enough quality sleep, not only do I not perform well while working in my business or exercising, but also it really affects my mental health and that doubt starts to creep in. And that's the last thing we want as entrepreneurs. Also, with everything going on, good quality sleep is important to repair the body and support a good immune system. And that is why Startup Nation, I wear the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. The Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet uses natural frequency technology to reinforce our biomagnetic field to improve deep sleep, length of sleep, and overall sleep quality. This helps produce a healthier heart, regulate weight control, and helps strengthen the immune system, which helps destroy bacteria and viruses. Right now, when you go to philipstein.com, use code SLEEPEZ, and you will get 10% off the entire store. That's promo code SLEEP, capital E, capital Z. So if you are ready to be more productive in leading your business, go with the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet, proven to be natural and safe to give you a better, deeper sleep. This episode of The Startup Life is brought to you by the Risk Management Society. Startup Nation, the Risk Management Society, or RIMS, is a global organization dedicated to the profession of risk management. For nearly 60 years, RIMS has delivered the latest strategies, and resources that allow risk professionals to grow, innovate, and succeed in any business. RIMS works with industry leaders to produce content and online training that business professionals turn to. Topics include business continuity, cyber risk, risk management techniques, the fundamentals of insurance, and more. There is also a private members-only site where people can discuss sensitive issues and get honest answers. Members have been leaning on each other as we all navigate this global pandemic. If you're concerned about the safety of your employees and the sustainability of your organization, you need the resources and connections RIMS provides. Learn more at go.rims.org forward slash startup life. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast, we have a link there in the show notes. You can save 25% off a year-long membership. So if you're ready to get the resources and strategies you need to manage risk, go with RIMS and join their global network of over 10,000 members across more than 60 countries. Support for The Startup Life is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Startup Nation, personal grooming is super important, not only from a hygiene standpoint, but also from a confidence one as well. And that is why you need to have a tight haircut and, well, a nice groomed undercarriage as well. And when doing that, you don't want to use the same razor, do you? 
That's just absurd. And this is why our friends at Manscaped have given you another option. Introducing the all-new Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped. This lightweight and waterproof razor features precision engineered blades for safe trimming in sensitive areas and a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Ladies, Father's Day is just around the corner and this will make a perfect gift for that guy on the go. Use code the Startup Life in all caps for 20% off and free shipping on your brand new Lawnmower 3.0 at manscaped.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other products from manscaped.com as well. So for proper manscaping without the fear of hurting anything go with manscape trust me your family of jewels will thank you all right startup nation welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on the startup life kelly if you would please ma'am tell us all about the talent squad and the work you guys do there Sure. The Talent Squad, we are a podcast guest booking agency and we book podcast tours for entrepreneurs. So we look at it as the speaking gig you can do without leaving the house. And it's all about niche audiences and highly engaged, building relationships, relationships with the hosts and the relationships with the audience. And it's your opportunity to be the star and get that credibility in your own specific area of expertise. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. So take me back to the first day of launch of the talent squad. I'm actually on your Facebook profile right now, looking at a picture of what I think is you. And I believe is Rebecca, one of your team members uh, at the talent squad, like, you know, with a table set up and a booth set up in the event. Could have even been a, uh, uh, podcast moving, but kind of tell us about that launch day for Talent Squad and and what led up to that. It was at podcast movement. Okay. And it was the one in Anaheim, so I okay. think that was 2017. Okay, and I had uh, left Mama Mia, the producing job, launched the own company, and I went straight to podcast movement. Mm-hmm. And we set up our table, and that was it. And we got our first client from podcast movement. So that is that's pretty pretty much it for with regards to the talent squad. I dived in. However, I had spent, I'd done 18 years in, well, it was 18 at this point. I'm not sure, maybe 16 at that point mm-hmm. um, in media preparing for that moment right. and worked at Miramax and done the celebrity interviews and been to radio school and been a talent agent and done, you know what I mean? Right. So sure. it is diving in, but diving in with um, 16 years of prep at that point. <laughs> I hear that. And I am a firm believer that, you know, all of your life experiences, all the things that you've experienced in life and things of that nature really does kind of, you know, groom you and hone you, your your talent and your craft to that one thing you're supposed uh, to be doing. And it sounds like that's what it, uh, that's what all of your life experience has done uh, for you to launch Talent Squad. Oh, thousands and thousands of mistakes mm-hmm. have gone and learning have gone into the moment of that launch. And since then, thousands of mistakes and learning in the last few years up until now. So I think that's the benefit that anybody gets with working with another business is they've made all the mistakes so you don't have to. Right. Right. Thank you for sharing. And that's in anything. That's why I go to an accountant. Mm-hmm. I don't want to teach myself of they've done a finance degree and they know all, all the things and they can whip it out. And that's what they do day in, day out. So let me ask you this, you know, t- tell us about the services that uh, the talent squad provides and what does the ideal client look like for you? 
Yeah. So we mainly work with entrepreneurs and authors and we do podcast tours. So we do, we work with each client individually. We, we're a very boutique agency and, and then we um, help you with your one sheet, your online press kit, your messaging. So we don't just book you on the show. It's all the strategy and also consultation that goes along with it because we find a lot of authors and entrepreneurs they are an expert in their field or they've written the book, but then they don't quite know how to package that expertise into topics and talking points and take it to market. And right. also because we've booked thousands of interviews, we know what shows, we talk to shows all the time. We know what they're looking for. We know where the gaps are and we know what back catalogs are. So we do all the busy work and uh, pitch and get clients booked so they can just show up and do the interview as opposed to putting in the hours of beforehand. So if somebody does not have the budget to work with an agency, you absolutely can do it yourself. It's just the time and the legwork that goes into it and just making sure that you have all the pitch assets and everything in place before you send that pitch. Um, Otherwise, if you don't, it will actually harm your brand if you're misfiring pitches to inappropriate or inappropriate shows or the level you're not at or for whatever reason. So um, I just suggest that, you know, you make sure that you're ready to pitch and have everything in place and do it in a professional way. So, yeah, we do it on podcast tour basis. For sure. And Startup Nation, if if that's something you're interested in and you're looking to be a thought leader or an influencer and you want to get your message out there, make sure you contact the Talent Squad. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access to kind of get you started uh, on your way. So Kelly, let me ask you this. Let's say I have a book and I want to go on a podcast tour. Take me to the process from the time I contact the talent squad up until I get booked on my very first podcast. Right. So the first thing that I would say, Dominic, is Mm -hmm. we need to think about your timing. A lot of people come to us and say, hey, I've got my book coming out on Monday and I want to be on 20 podcasts. And can (laughs) we do that? And I want to be on there on Monday when the book comes out, to which I say, let me get the keys to to my time machine and pop in there and let's go back six months. Uh, um, Yeah. So, and that's, that's exciting. I think people like to think, okay, the book's finally finished. Now I can do it, but really you need to to think about it before at least six months before gotcha. with, pod, with podcasting, as you would know, with your show, um, you, you've got to get the pitch ready. Then you pitch, then the host says, yes, then you record. And right. it could even be, it could be the record could happen the next day. It could happen the next month. It could happen in two months. Right. Once the record happens, the show could come out the next day or it could come out in two months or six months. Right. With podcasting, Every single show is its own media outlet and has its own schedule. So you really need to have a lot in the pipeline in order to request specific dates if you're looking to launch at a specific time around the launch of your book. So I would recommend doing it well in advance. So we do discovery sessions, like I said, to find out your expertise, your topics, your talking points who you're talking to, the ideal show, and also your call to action, which is really important, and interview techniques. Because we can book you on the best show with the best targeted audience, but if you don't nail the interview and then have the pipeline with your nail the call to action and the pipeline on the other side, mm-hmm. it's not going to convert in the way that you want to. So that's something to work on as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because uh, that 
that piece about doing the work on the front end, I think it's lost a lot of times because you're right. I, I get, I get uh, uh, solicitations for people want to come on the show quite often. And I tell them like, yeah, he sounds amazing. I would love to have him or her uh, on the show. And then, you know, we, uh, and I, but I tell them ahead of time, like, look, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty booked. I'm pretty popular about people want to come on the show, which means that like, you know, it, it may be a while before it comes out. And then they, they kind of have a, a puzzled look on their face. And it's like, well, how come I just can't get out tomorrow? Well, we don't want to jump in front of everybody. Uh, but, you know, but it, but you're right, though, it, that 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 work on the front end does uh, help that thought leader or author for sure. Yeah. And I think there's a menta- there's a few things in that. You've just said so many amazing things there, Dominic. And I want to pull some of those out. Sure. So the first thing is you're a guest on somebody else's show. You don't run the media agenda. You're the guest. So you're at the behest of the host. So you don't, you can request say, Hey, I've got my book coming out. Is it possible to do that? But you also have to have the respect and show up well in advance and not request that on Tuesday or or whenever it is. Um, The other thing is a lot of mentality these days are um, done is better than perfect. And I completely understand that on so many levels. Mm -hmm. However, when you send a pitch, it is not the case because you only have one chance. So you don't want to send out a half-baked pitch the one sheet doesn't look great or your website doesn't look great. Like you need to be ready in case the opposite happens and you say, okay, yep, you can come on Startup Nation. Let's record tonight. Someone's dropped out and then it needs to go out tomorrow. Right. So you need to be ready with every single element so you can nail that interview. The other thing, Dominic, is what have you found with people pitching you that you like and dislike because you must get pitched all the time? So oh. what's the insider on your your specific to you? What have you seen? And uh, yeah. For sure. I think what I've seen, I think if it's something like unique, and I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying about breaking the tape. Uh, you know, I think for me, when I, when I find something, uh, when, when some, when people pitch me about uh, either a publicist or the person themselves say, Hey, I would love to have this person on the show. or I would love to come on the show. I'm instantly thinking about how fast or what angle can I take uh, with that guest. I'm anytime anybody asks me to come on the show, I'm already thinking about show prep immediately. Like thinking about what angle to take here, what angle to take there. And then from there, I decide like, okay, yes, I would love to have you on the show. And so th- that's kind of what I start with. Um, uh, if they get a little pushy and say like, Hey, we need to have this done now. I, I, I do kind of get a little, uh, a little taken aback, uh, if you will. But, uh, I, I really do start with, uh, if I think I find an interesting angle, I start there. And if I find that interesting angle, like, oh, yes, we would love to have you on the show. Yeah, well, I would say that it's the show booker's um, role to provide you with sample angles. For sure. And so you shouldn't have to come up with that research and pitch that. They should be presented to you by a podcast booking agency in the first place and or whomever is booking you. For so sure. you can you can decide. I'm not saying you have to go with it. You don't. But it, it's right. like, oh, okay, well, they talk about it should be very clear and you should have a number of angles. And so the one sheet is you've got your headshot, you've got your name, you've got your bio, you've got talking points, you might have sample questions. And then in the Media Vault, the online press kit, that would have uh, uh, interviews that you've done before and it would right. hold, have all the assets in there. So as someone who's pitching a show, it's our job to make it easy, your job easy so you can quickly go through in five minutes instead of taking half an hour. 
because sure. otherwise that's just an instant no. Right, and, gotcha. and how many times do you get pitched a, a week or a month? Do you have any numbers on that? Oh, Dominic? I, I, I get, I get pitched at least, at least four times a week, at least four times mm-hmm. a week. So roughly 16 times a month I get pitched. Okay. Uh, and, and so, I prob- so that's 200 a year. You're already yeah. in competition. It's not, a autom- I think the mistake people make is thinking podcasts are low hanging fruit and an easy get. But You're even that, right. that is even so that's two hundred. Even that's two hundred people. And if you do a weekly show, fifty-two episodes, well, you're already competing against one hundred and fifty other people. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's what I try to tell people. It's like, look, you know, I, I get a lot of requests all the time. And while I do accept a lot of them, there are a few where it's like, no, I can't. You know, there's, there's, there's not anything there. I don't feel a spark, uh, if you will. Uh, so no, I, I, you're absolutely right. I definitely agree with all that for sure. And what do you like and what do you not like about what the way that people pitch you, contact you, content guests, tell me, tell us, cause this is hugely valuable. No, for, for sure. I, I think what I like, I do like, like you said before, and, uh, we, we've had past guests, uh, uh, on the show from the talent squad that we've loved Mark Roderick, P Lundberg and, and, and Brendan Lundberg and, and, and people like that from the talent squad, which we're very grateful for. Uh, we do like that they've had angles uh, and stuff like that, but it's just really just something that if it's relevant, like to something that's like, you know, in the news or something that's relevant, uh, but also evergreen. If I can take it and make it evergreen, that that's important to me. What I don't like is uh, like the pushy behavior and stuff like that. And uh, if they don't ask me, because I can't tell you how many times I get people who ask who they ask to be on the show, but they don't ask to be on the show. They just say, oh, this person is amazing. This person is great. They've done this. They've done that. And that's it. And so it's like, OK, are you wanting to come on the show or are you just telling me that they're amazing? So uh, so that's 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 some of the things that I've kind of walked into. Now, most of these people are don't come from uh, booking agencies such as yourself. They're usually like a like a startup. Like they're just doing it or they're a publicist and they're just kind of doing it on their own. And I may be one of the one or two people that they first uh, reached out to. Like you said, like they think podcasting is low hanging fruit. Uh, So that's kind of some of the stuff I don't like, Kelly. Yeah, well, I think it's different with podcasting because for me, it's an honor to be on a show because Mm -hmm. usually people are entrepreneurs and they have their own thing. So they're doing it in addition Right. Also, you're putting your time and money into it. I know that there's editing. I know that there's show graphics. I know that you're recording. I know that there's hosting. I know that you're going to put it out to your audience. I know that you are lending me your audience for this period of time. So I need to do the best that I can to give them that because I don't take that for granted. So I think that podcasts aren't low-hanging fruit. I think it's the opposite and they're highly curated, valuable little golden eggs and should be treated as such, you know? I think that there's a lot of respect that goes into someone that pushes out 52 episodes a year off their own bat. So I think that, um, I think like you said, it's a different mindset and you don't know until you, until someone says that. So why people just think, oh, it's the guy sitting on a microphone in his house pressing record. Right. But there's actually a lot more that goes into it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely right. And did I answer your questions okay? Because, you know, I know I was just kind of sharing some of my thoughts. Did that make sense what I was answering? 
Oh, absolutely. And I think it's valuable to know what our host actually thinks. It absolutely is. I run the talent squad. We pitch people all the time, but nothing beats direct feedback from somebody who is getting pitched and what they like and what they don't like. And one thing that else that you said in there is people tell you how great they are. Mm. To me, so what? Who cares? Everyone (laughs) has something. Everyone's great. It's not about you and how great you are. It's what can you do for me? What can you do for my audience? What's in it for the listener? I would never leave with, lead with, I'm so great and you should have me on the show. Big deal. Oh. It should be, okay, Dominic, here's Startup Nation and I know they're interested in being guests on podcasts so they can you know, leverage their credibility um, and I think that this would benefit them to know A, B, C and D. Right. I haven't even spoken about myself. I've said this is what your audience what I've seen your audience wants because, you know, I saw it in, in whatever blog post or because I've had a look around and I've listened to your show mm-hmm. and know what other people you've had on there. Right. So that's starting with what you can do for the show because it's actually about the audience, then the host, then you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that is so true. And that's why I tell Startup Nation all the time, this isn't my show. Now, granted, I, I, I pay for the hosting. I do the editing. I outsource the graphics and, and from time to time. But this show belongs to them, not me. I, I, just, I just host this thing and pay for this thing. So I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you asking those questions because there are many people who listen to our show. And they don't, we, don't, we don't often talk about that behind the scenes part that goes into how we pick our guests and stuff like that. So I appreciate you kind of turning the microphone on me a little bit. Oh, I love hearing what you've got to say. And also it's, again, you don't know. You watch TV and it's just all there. Right. And and then you look at the credits and you see all the people that are involved. And now these days we know a lot more behind the scenes, but it's the same. It is the same with podcasting as well is you just hear the output and it sounds like two people having a quick and breezy conversation that's super easy and informational, but there's a lot that goes into it. And anything that sounds quick and easy and is edutainment actually may, is, is a great result because it's, it sounds easy and quick, you know? Right. So for you've sure. made it sound easier than it is, which is for a sure. result. For sure. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. Let me ask you this, Kelly. Uh, you know, if you could have dinner with anybody, past or present, uh, that you just have dinner for like an hour and just kind of pick their brain, who would it be and why? Oh my God. That's the billion dollar question. You know, at the moment it's Lizzo. She's just at the top of my mind at the moment. Absolutely. I'm just, that's just for fun reasons, not informational reasons. For sure. Um, Otherwise I would probably, you know, I'm always a lover of Obama. Gotcha. Gotcha. For sure. I would definitely pick, love to pick the brain of both of those people, Obama and Lizzo. For different uh, reasons. But imagine absolutely. having them together at the same table. Oh, that would, be an, that would be an that amazing would, conversation. Yes. <laughs> that would be an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing that for sure. Let me ask you this. What's your entrepreneurial superpower and why, KG? I have the ability to talk to somebody and extract their expertise, repackage it and send it back to them in a way they've never heard it before Mm -hmm. and make them sound amazing to themselves so they didn't even realize how awesome they were. That is quite the superpower because that's one of those things where a lot of people have difficulty with repackaging content, repurposing content and things of that nature. So I appreciate all of that for sure, KG, for sure. Yeah, I had a client the other day and he sent me all the things to get onboarded 
And then I thought, there's got to be more here. I cannot believe that, that. No. So then I spent an hour asking him, like I did with you, just asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. Mm-hmm. Come to light, um, he used to work for the, oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. Is it the San Diego Chargers? Yeah. Uh, well, they've just moved to LA, but same, same organization. Yeah, back in the 90s. And I'm like, that was your first job. You're an intern for them. That's amazing. Should have told me that. And also (laughs) uh, Mamba, you know, getting ready for the NFL combines. Right. I forget what the the organization's, the full name of it is. Um, And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, you didn't tell me that. That's so he did. He did. Oh yeah, I did this and I did that. And I I did all these things. And I I couldn't believe that he hadn't told me that because he didn't think it was a big deal in his career, but it is some of the most interesting stuff ever. And I'm, and I can absolutely take that to market. That, that, that sounds like a conversation with me and my wife. We we have been, we've been married for years now. And so I'll just say something out of blue. She'll be like, wait, what, what was that? Hold on, go okay. back. We've never talked about that. So yeah. Okay. That's if that's your wife and she's finding out all this amazing stuff, that is um that's next level unbelievable. I can't <laughs> even believe that. Well, it's, it's I think it's like you said with the gentleman. It's, it's like I didn't think it was that big a deal, but you know, I, I guess it is. Okay. So you, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> I'm even gonna just like go through some of it now because some of it was I just could not like it was thing after thing after thing. And that's the thing. No one thinks it's a big deal, but until you say it out loud, right. um, yeah, San Diego char- charges. I was right, right with that one. Yes. And also the San Diego Padres, right? So, yes, and he was, he was there, he was there when they went to the world series and they've only right. done that one time. Like that's a big deal. Right. Worked with Callaway golf clubs, huge deal. Oh, General yeah. Motors, big yeah. deal. Yeah. You know? So amazing deals. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so those, yeah, sometimes you don't realize what's interesting in yourself. For sure. For sure. And it does take somebody from the outside to kind of see that, uh, for sure. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. And before I ask the last question, I just want to say, KG, thank you so much for coming on the startup life podcast powered by the bench podcast network. I think we had an amazing conversation from sharing your thoughts on podcasting to uh, the, the behind the scenes uh, look about, you know, what goes into picking a great guest and stuff for podcasting, uh, but also uh, how to be a thought leader in the different ways to do that. So I appreciate that. So I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because there's an uh, entrepreneur uh, out there who's looking to either start their company and they're a little bit afraid or they feel stuck to move forward. Tell them some uh, words of motivation. Tell them to keep moving forward, KG. So I did say before that done is not better than good. And I just want to confirm that that is just for getting pitch ready and pitching outlets. Mm -hmm. When you're looking in the bigger picture, absolutely, you should do that. The other thing is something someone told me recently, and I really took this to hand, is no, somebody doesn't have the right to say no if they don't have the power to say yes. And so many times we listen to the people that say no, but really, what's your opinion count if you don't have the power to say yes and jump in in a safe way? Like I did that with my business. So take that risk, but I w- I'm a little bit cautious. So I wouldn't like sell the farm on anything, right. but, but I do say risk it for the biscuit. Risk it for the biscuit. I hear that. We're going to leave it at that. And that's going to do it for this session of the Startup Life Podcast. Did you enjoy being on the show, Kelly? Yes. <laughs> awesome stuff. All right, Startup Nation. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, 
have an idea for a show topic or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. Startup Nation, we tell you all the time that no one does anything great on their own. That includes starting a business or a nonprofit or even becoming a thought leader or an influencer. My point is that you need a team to do it successfully and responsibly. And that is why you should contact DR and Associates. Danielle and her team provide branding solutions along with digital and social media marketing that provide tangible results you are looking for. No matter if you are a Fortune 500 company or an author looking to make an impact, DR and Associates needs to be part of your team. They are one of the few firms whose leadership has been recognized by Google, which is proof of concept that they are very good at what they do. Contact DR and Associates today to grow your online presence. The number is 615-933-3681, or you can visit their website at drandassociates.com. Also, make sure you follow their Facebook page as well. DR and Associates, providing real clients with real results. Startup Nation, do you have friends and loved ones that you want to do something nice for, but maybe they live in the next city, the next state, or even halfway around the world? Well, I have a solution for you. Koya is the new and best way to let your friends and family know you're thinking of them. Choose a friend, record a message, and hide it in a location that they are likely to visit and give them a clue. When they arrive, your message will instantly appear. You can even send them a gift. Best of all, the app is completely free. Get Koya.com to download it now. That's K-E-T-K-O-Y-A.com. Or check the link in the show notes. Koya, show you care when you can't be there.